0: Black Star Radio, on the phone I have the Minister for Indigenous Australians, Ken Wyatt. Mr Wyatt, thank you very, very much for your time. Good to be with you again. Yes, it's been a few weeks and a lot of things do change in that time, of course, with COVID-19 and the shutdown that's been happening. People are seeing a relaxation of some of the rules in certain parts of Australia, but for the Indigenous communities, it's still a matter of maintaining those borders, is that correct? It is
1: important, and we've got to think about this. We already have four examples in Australia, particularly in New South Wales and Queensland, two with two aged care providers, where one individual came in with COVID-19. In one institution, there has been people who've lost their lives because of COVID-19. McDonald's had to respond to an individual who has now affected 60 people. And then those two examples alone, let alone the aged care facility you have up in Queensland you've had somebody go in who knew they were sick but they've now impacted on everybody in that residential aged care facility by being there the same can happen to our community so if we do the relaxation of restrictions then keep physical distancing it is important hygiene is absolutely critical and at the moment the biosecurity restrictions are in place but there will be a link up with mayors and I've had a discussion with the Minister for Queensland Health in respect to discussions that Queensland have been having with mayors of councils to discuss a road out of the COVID restrictions.
0: I spoke to the mayor of the Cookshire the other day and he was even saying the frustration of having that very tight lockdown even if we had the communities on the Cape with the freedom to go into other communities in the Cape, but keeping that biosecurity line below Cooktown, would that be of assistance or is that something that's going to be looked at?
1: Well, that's something that can be canvassed in those conversations because we do have a teleconference with all the mayors. Now, variations can always occur and governments are flexible in accommodating them. Now, whether it's with, in the arrangements of the Queensland processes or whether we retain biosecurity to some locations, all those are possible, but we'll work out what is needed on the ground uh, that will protect people. So I get feedback from my own agency. Some communities want the restrictions lifted and want to be able to go into, say, Cairns. But just remember, that, that's fine, and you can do that provided you do it safely. But if there is somebody in Cairns, for example, who has COVID-19 and you come in contact with them, then that could create a problem and that's why the government is very keen for people to download the COVID-19 app. Because if you walk by somebody and your phone records having been within proximity of them, if that person proves to have COVID-19, they can come back to you fairly quickly and check and say, look, we just need to make sure you're all clear and they do a test because so you don't have point of care testing at the moment in Queensland.
0: That was probably the other thing, the quick test kits That you've got now. I do see the mining company in Mount Isa actually bought a kit and gave it to the local health centre there. But a lot of others, if they need to test, okay, you have the biopsies and the swabs taken, but you're still two or three or four days away from having a result.
1: uh, Testing either way is important. Understandably, the chief medical officer or the chief health officer of any jurisdiction has absolute responsibility for ensuring that the practices that are adopted within a health system meet with what that state or territory jurisdiction has. And the individual is being diligent within government arrangements. So that's something for Queensland to work through and certainly uh, the health minister to consider in the way in which point of care testing is provided to people uh, within Queensland. Certainly our minister for health, Greg Hunt, who has been a very strong leader on COVID-19 will work with your health minister and ultimately they will make decisions but either testing will give you a result and it's important during this time too that people still go into their GP if they've got health problems that they've had for a long time just to make sure that you're okay.
0: Because that is one of the concerns with the doctors is that (laughs) people have got the idea of they've got to isolate so they're ignoring their own health concerns. Well they shouldn't.
1: You are an asthmatic or you have respiratory illnesses or you have other illnesses such as diabetes that you've had for a long time, you do not see your treatment. So you still need to go and see your GP or your community-controlled health organisation to make sure that those needs are being met. Because it's just as critical as the way in which we address COVID-19. You cannot ignore your health and the regular
0: treatment that you have. You do get a lot of rumours about the flu shots. You see it with sporting people not wanting to take it. But Having the flu shot, it doesn't save you from COVID-19, but it does stop that flu coming in on top of everything else.
1: It does. Look, I've had the flu injection every year. Because I'm an asthmatic, I had a cough as a child. So I'm vulnerable. So I take it to protect myself. And only one year I had the flu. that was quite bad, and that was influenza A. And I was hospitalised for it. It was a terrible experience, and I don't want to do that again. And that was before I had my flu shot. After that, I was fine. You'll get a reaction to an injection because what it does is it causes your body to build up autoimmune and system and antibodies to fight that influenza. So people should take it. Look, there are some people who have theories about vaccines. History has shown the majority of the population do not have adverse effects. In fact, the number of people here in WA taking flu injection for this winter has really increased way over the top that they ever expected. But the point is is they want to protect themselves from the flu because if they end up with COVID-19, they don't want to be fighting a flu and a COVID-19 infection.
0: And also one of the things is still <clears throat> the personal hygiene, physical distancing really need to be maintained.
1: Yeah, we must not forget those. The example I used was there was this incredible YouTube footage of a nurse who dipped her hand in paint and just went about doing things at home. And when she finished, after a short period of time, she turned around and she had blotches of paint all over her because we touch our face, rub our nose. And that's what COVID-19 is like. It gets on your hands. And if you've got it on your hand, you're touching yourself all over. You're helping cover your body with it. That's why health ministers and the AMA and many of the health professionals and our own Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation are saying to people, give your hands a good are washing because you will wash away the COVID-19 like this nurse did with the paint on her hand. Once you wash it away, there was nothing on it. COVID-19 is the same. It sits on your hand. What you want to do is wash it away so you don't pass it on to anybody else.
0: Now, you also touched on the point before that you're meeting up with the mayors of the councils involved <laughs> within uh, COVID-19 restrictions. Is this an ongoing affair or uh, that is happening each week or is it each month?
1: What I do on a daily basis is I connect to areas of Australia through telephone. We link up with people and I listen to the issues they raise. And as they raise them, it gives us an insight into some challenges that are local. Because you know what we tend to do is we say one size fits all and it doesn't. We have to think about local responses. And by doing that, we're able to think about different ways in which we're doing some things and it's influenced the way that I've thought about some matters, but the way in which we've also responded and helped. And my agency, the National Indigenous Australian Agency, has got some outstanding managers who have been connecting with communities. They have been bringing back ideas. So our people have been very innovative. The thing that struck me is the leadership of elders, but leaders in general right across the nation. And we've got to listen to our communities if we want to come through this unscathed.
0: With the COVID-19, is there any timeline that you're envisaging for the Indigenous populations with the shutdown? Is it ongoing or is it just basically looking at it week by week and taking a look at the numbers?
1: I think we're looking at it by numbers, and I certainly know that National Cabinet is looking at it by numbers. WA has done exceptionally well, so has the Northern Territory, South Australia. And so the premiers and chief ministers in those states are peeling back the boundary restrictions. They've kept their state borders closed to other people and require everybody to go into that 14-day isolation. And it's prevented outbreaks of infections. Now, in our communities, our people have done the same. When you think about 800,000 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and we've only had 58 people infected, and they've been mainly in capital cities and large regional centres, they've not been in remote communities because communities, even though they're frustrated, have remained within their community and have looked after each other. And I know it's frustrating when you can't go and do the normal things that all of us used to do before COVID-19. Hey, I'd rather be frustrated under restrictions than to die of COVID-19. People who have survived describe what they felt. I don't want to go
0: through that. Hats off to leaders of the Indigenous councils because they have done a pretty incredible job so far of making sure that their people are safe. And they have. And look, when we
1: lift the restrictions, do remember we want to protect our elders. We want to protect our children. And particularly, I know when I was 18, 19, all I wanted to do was get out there and enjoy myself. And Being caged in was not what I liked. But if I think about my community, then... It's a different responsibility you have. And that's what I want people to think about, is what is your responsibility to your community? And are you going to remain diligent with physical distancing, good hygiene, and making sure we still protect? Because even children now are being affected by COVID-19.
0: And that can be very, very scary because you see some of the results for the young children or even young adults also being affected by that. So, Mr. White, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to uh, hearing better news further down the track. And thanks once again for making contact with Black Star Radio.
1: The next time I'm up your way, I'd love to come in face-to-face and have a yarn with you a little bit longer than we did last time
0: we were up there. <laughs> yes, I'm just trying to think. That was a number of months now, wasn't it? It was,
1: and... I like where you were broadcast from. And when um, I was being told that we were being interviewed, I had fond memories of coming in and sitting in that little studio and having a discussion about what you interviewed me for, but the discussion afterwards about the importance that Aboriginal media plays in making sure our people are informed.
0: We are one of many that uh, do a pretty good job around Australia, I reckon.
1: But Thank you to all of our people who have social distance, who have protected our communities and to our leaders. I acknowledge
0: what you've done. Mr. White, thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you. The Honourable Ken Wyatt, the Minister of Indigenous Affairs on Black Star Radio.